If you are like me and know that free enterprise is the greatest opportunity in the world, but you also see there are huge issues starting to arise, like why is mentorship decreasing in popularity? Why do entrepreneurs like us who love to succeed see people fail at the top and never leave true significance? And how do people like us make a lasting impact on the world? And is it possible for enough entrepreneurial leaders together to make a real difference? These are the blaring questions, and this podcast is the answer. Journey with me, your host, Christian. Together, we will challenge the status quo and conquer our legacies. Thank you so much for tuning into Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. My name is Christian D. Evans, your host. And guys, we have someone very special uh, on today, but we're really going to dive into some really cool stuff, uh, you know, self-image, uh, self-confidence, you know, um, uh, high self-esteem you have to have. And we're going to be diving into that a little bit, but I wanted to have her on because not just her experience and expertise in the industry that she's been able to do, I mean, being, you know, featured in numerous movies, as well as just being in, uh, being able to connect and network with you know Pope John Paul II. How cool is that? Uh, but we're going to have a whole bunch of good stories just to share with you a little bit about her uh, about her background. Internationally acclaimed, award winning media personality, producer, director, writer, author, public speaker, and former supermodel, and winner of the Celebrity Survivor Show. With hundreds of television and film credits to her name, the who's who of international and American women brings over thirty five years of entertainment industry experience in both international and American markets. Markets. She's the founder and CEO of the Limelight Media, a multimedia platform consisting of TV, video, a podcast, and a digital magazine. Her forthcoming book entitled The Self-Esteem Regime. She was also the first American to present Russian TV at the Kremlin and has two private audiences with Pope John Paul II, honoring her social work. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend Clarissa Bird. How are you doing today, Clarissa? Christian, uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Absolutely fine out here in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. We are having some lovely weather, and you know, I know that you are sitting there with a jacket on, so I'm <laughs> outside in, in Cincinnati, so you're a better man than I am, that's for sure. Well, I'm really excited about diving into kind of your, 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 your story, you know, obviously having the kind of resume, if you will, that you have, uh, and still producing an incredible amount of, you know, value to, to, to your audience and to your life. I just think it's remarkable to, you know, show your your character in, in that regard. So Clarissa, kind of tell me a little bit, you know, going from your transformation from being, you know, um, you know, uh, a movie actress and in and, and the, and the film industry to now kind of being able to, you know, write a, a book about self-esteem and things like that. Yeah. Well, I'm a Philly girl. So I started out in Philadelphia and I really always wanted, you know, the bright lights in big cities. So once I graduated high school, I moved into New York and I knew that I wanted to be a model and that took me over to Europe. So I was in Europe for about 30 years. I started out in Paris, lived in Zurich for a little bit in Switzerland. And then I basically spent most of my time in, in Italy where I continued to model. But then I wanted to jump in, you know, like most a lot of models do they jump into the movie thing which i did for a while and that was a whole bunch of fun but i really really loved connecting with an audience live which took me on to italian television so i did a lot of you know i've been on on stage basically my whole life and certainly in front of a microphone for most of it as well and i got to meet some of the coolest people on the planet um i remembered that you know as as i was growing up my my mother was like oh don't don't take a picture of me don't take a picture of me so what did i do every my life turned into take a picture of me because uh, I was a model for a long time and um, and uh, my grandmother was someone who was and they're beautiful women by the way my grandmother lovely woman oh, I'm saying I need to lose weight need to lose weight she didn't need to lose weight at all but she took two diet pills one day and then of course she choked on them and they perforated her esophagus and she wound up in the hospital for six weeks then I started to model around the world and now you know I was really lucky to be able to model with the one percent I mean we we were really that kind of you know caliber of model we were we were on covers of magazines we had beauty campaigns around the world that we were on all the you know major runways on the planet and these girls I could I saw that there was just sometimes not all of them let me say but many of the girls were either you know they were doing drugs or they were drinking too much or they were in toxic relationships or something was just you know not right they were a little bit you know was off and I went you know that looks to me like it's a self-esteem issue and I'm seeing this pattern you know not only in my home life but out in the in the big you know bright lights in big city and I went there's something to this 
So for many years, I've been wanting to write a book about self-esteem, which I did. It dropped in um, it dropped in uh, November. It's in Barnes and Noble, which is very exciting, and it was picked up by a, uh, a publisher in New York City by the name of Roman and Littlefield. And when in COVID year in 2020, you know, a, a New York City publisher picked up the book, and we also got an advance. I went, "There's got to be something to this," because you know, publishing had basically come to a screeching halt. I knew that we were on to something, and what we were on to is the idea that. Self-esteem is pretty much everything. And it sounds like, oh, poo-poo, who cares? It's, it's so old and it's so cliche. Yeah, guess what? It's pretty much everything you are. Everything you're going to be and everything you project. Everything you feel about yourself, the relationship you have with yourself, and the relationship you're going to have with others. And I don't care what kind of relationship that is, whether it's a business or personal or wherever you are. Um, you know, it's not always an easy go. So if your self-esteem isn't intact by the time your feet hit the ground in the morning, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you're probably not going to be presenting your best self. Well, it's it's very interesting you mentioned this. So let's kind of dial back into your transformation story. Did you struggle with self esteem personally? Yes. Let's talk, yes. talk a little bit about it. Well, you know, I was tall and gawky and flat chested, and I had you know, uh, all the issues that teen girls do. And, you know, you constantly, you know, self-esteem 101 is do not compare yourself to everyone else. It's one of the most, it's the most normal thing in the world to do. Uh, back then, of course, we didn't have social media, which makes it even worse today than and in my day. But it was that girl's prettier, that girl's, you know, the prom queen, that girl's the head of cheerleader, that girl has comes from a richer family. That Everybody always seemed to have more than I did. Plus, I was coming from a background that was a little unstable, if I, you know, if I might say. So my home life wasn't necessarily the happiest or the most stable. And so, you know, we're getting out there and you go, well, you know, my gut buck teeth and oh, you know, my ears stick out and oh, you know, I did all of that stuff and um, never in a million years thought that I could model. It was kind of one of those things that, that was really, really far away and something I would dream about. You know, back in the day, all we had was the Sears catalog. You may not even remember that, Christian, but <laughs> that was our internet. We got a Sears catalog twice a year. It was uh, summer and it was spring and summer and then fall and winter. And that was where, you know, I'd be going through the Sears catalog and I could see just in a few pages the models, you know, and they were modeling and how they posed and, you know, all of that sort of thing. And when I could never, I could never until I really tried. You know, I, I, I grew up, I started to work in New York City after high school. And people would say to me, you know, you really should be a model. And I went, me? Really? You think? I could, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, long story short and fast forward is that, you know, I, I put my mind to it. Even though I thought I couldn't, I pushed through the I never could barrier. And I really challenged myself to um, to get in front of the camera, to work with the photographers and to learn where the, you know, to learn the business, let's say. And, you know, next thing you know, fast forward, there I was in Paris and uh, New York first and then Paris and then and then Milan. And, it, and at the end of the day, it went really well. So I think what you have to understand is, you know, never say never and also be realistic. Uh, and I say this, the be realistic is because today, as you very well know, social media takes our younger generations into a reality that is a non-reality, especially with a lot of the filters that we see. Uh, and, and certainly with the event of Photoshop, where it all started, it's like, wow. Media also happens to portray women in a way that is unrealistic and also, you know, a very uh, uh, unattainable for most. Um, we are going to have cellulite and bulges and curvy and, you know, we're going to have all the things that a lot of women perceive as being imperfect. I want to tell you that's not the case. You know, you have to be really, really careful about what you're believing, who you're believing and what you choose to decide is true for you. So I know when you were talking about that, you, you were younger and you, you struggled with those self-image and issues and, and uh, you came from a family a little bit as well that struggles with that. Let me ask you, when you went to the supermodel, because then all of a sudden you, you know, when someone you know said, well, you should go to be a model. I mean, obviously that helps your self-image. Like, oh, well, that, that's, that means a lot because now that means that I'm pretty enough to do that. However, though, did it heighten even more because then all of a sudden that stress, that anxiety, and, or was it not? 
Yeah, for me, it was really more than I was pretty enough to do that, uh, which, you know, I thank, you know, my genes and the good Lord or whatever, uh, whomever I have to thank. But it was really more about living a dream. It was really what I wanted to do and I was living it. And it was also the cat, it was a catalyst for me then to go into modeling and then it went television and the broadcast. And so it was kind of a stepping stone, if you will. Um, it was absolutely, it was being able to live the dream. And, and it was the first time that I was able to say, you know, all that self, that negative self-talk, you know, you, you wasted a lot of time there because I didn't start modeling until I was 24. So I was already a little bit later in the game. A lot of girls now are starting starting at 12, 13, 14. So, you know, I really was able to, you know, if anything, the message and the, the, the learning uh, piece from that for me was, it's that negative self-talk. And as long as I was staying in the negative self-talk loop, I was never going to make it. It was only when others had started to say, you really should, you really should, you really should try. That was what gave me the confidence boost. It was other people that were saying kind things and really kind of feeding into, oh, if I could only, that gave me the, you know, the opportunity or the possibility, if you will, to say, okay, you know, no matter what I think, I'm going to try notwithstanding and see what happens. And I think that that's, that's a great lesson for most of us. Anything that in any time you're saying, I could never, I could never. Well, have you tried? <laughs> you know, and I, I, and I really, I really, um, I suggest and I invite you, I really prompt you, I kind of push you to try, try anything, try everything. Um, you know, they say nothing is impossible. Look, Christian, let's be honest. I am not going to be flown by NASA to the moon tomorrow. Probably isn't going to happen. You know, I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that I know I wouldn't want to either, by the way. But there are some things that realistically we have to take a look at. And that would probably be what I'm sure if I put my mind to it and I really wanted to, maybe I could be in the vying one day. I don't know. I mean, we just sent William Shatner. Why couldn't we send me? But I'm just saying, you know, what, what is it that you are, where's the limiting self-beliefs? And, and we hear about limiting self-beliefs all the time. Be real, real careful about what you're telling your subconscious because it always listens to you. Whatever you're telling your subconscious is where you need to be very, very, very careful. And so it's it's really cool to hear that because see uh, you know coming back to obviously your story it it actually was uh, the, the higher self esteem actually came from accomplishing and achieving those things and those results and knowing yeah. that you're capable of doing it yeah. uh, now why do you think unlike others that you actually really blossomed and other and like you said not everyone but some people that you were working around struggled with that self-esteem that self-image uh things like that why, why do you think that was and at what point did you start analyzing that and said there's got to be something here well i would take a look around you know and see that women they were lovely and you talk to them and they were you know fabulous to talk to and they were intelligent so many there was so much intelligence also in the room uh with these women and, they, and many of them went on to be you know, major superstars in other areas uh, that, you know, didn't, you, you can only be a model for a certain amount of time for the 99%. Yes, there is the 1% that keeps moving on and they do very, the Christy Brinkley's of the world and that sort of thing. But most women jump at a certain point and, you know, a, a lot of them were also going to college as they were modeling. They were, they were, you know, they were paying the, the college bills, the university bills with, you know, their modeling gigs. So that was, you know, they were very intelligent women. But intelligence and self-esteem, you know, kind of in some way, I, I was noticing that it was like, wow, you've got everything going for you. You know, where's the, where's the missing link? Where's the glitch in the matrix here? And it was always something that went back to a lot of the time it was the natal tribe. It was, you know, it was the community from, from where you came or from whence you came, you know, the, whatever those, you know, the, the, the belief systems that have been sent on or passed on generation to generation is what you continue to believe. Um, it takes a lot of courage to be able to say, okay, thanks for that. Love you all. I'm moving on and I'm going to go out and find my own truth because you in, invariably you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, offend somebody, somebody's nose is going to get out of joint because when you start up leveling and bettering yourself, not everyone is going to become, feel comfortable with that. So you're going to have to look a lot of the work in my book is, is it's going to take courage. It's going to take a lot, you know, we've got 12 chapters in here that are kind of bite-sized, you know, they're real easy to read. We've got affirmations, case studies, you know, um, uh, uh, we've got um, Clarissa's uh, Corner, we've got the Clarion Call, lots of great information in here. We start with the first chapter being release, 
and the last chapter being reciprocity. So lots of work to do in between. It's an easy read. It's a, it's, I call it a read, but it's really more of a resource. Again, Christian, if you read this book today, you're going to get like a lot of uh, uh, books that you read. You'll get something out of it today, but if you read it six months from now, it's going to be a whole different thing, right? So um, you are going to want to do the work. And again, a lot of the work isn't going to be easy. And one of the things that you will have to learn is that as you move on and as you level up, as you become the better you and you start living your truth and not someone else's truth, um, you're going to feel you're going to feel a, a separation if you will. It doesn't mean you'll never see them or talk to them again. It means you're still going home for Thanksgiving dinner and you're probably open up Christmas presents every whatever your case scenario may be. But you will you will start to understand that there are other ways of being, other th ways of doing, other ways of thinking, other ways of you know just being the best that you can possibly be. Um, and and that's just where you're going to have, you know, where the rubber meets the road, really. Let's put it that way. Definitely. So where do you think, what do you think self-image and self-esteem, where do you think they derive from and why do so many, definitely in this culture, we're seeing that as almost an epidemic right now? Well, first of all, you, you know, it was coming from the natal home. It would come from your mother, it would come from your father. Certainly as you're growing up in school, you'd, you know, see the other kids around you and sort of garner something there. But as, you know, the internet has hit and we have devices in younger and younger hands, they're getting a lot from social media. And uh, and that's where I, I, know I continue to say, be really, really careful about what you choose to believe because a lot of these filters are giving you false realities uh, and I'm really glad you know Dove self-esteem you know Dove uh, does an amazing job around self-esteem and you know showing you what it is what self-esteem is and what it isn't and what is truth and what's not and kind of deconstructing if you will a photograph in other words a fully you know uh, a fully um, uh, worked over or a fully worked uh, photograph image Right. And they'll show it to you and she's gorgeous. And then they start taking away all the pieces that they fixed and all the layers that, you know, that, that were put on top. And uh, and it's amazing to see what the original picture looked like. And it's like, oh, wow. OK, she is real. I don't have to attain that. kind. And again, you, you know, we we especially women are hit up all the time, you know, diets and exercise and the perfect body and push up here and pull in there and all the things that we have to do, you know, to, to, to be able to feel as though we need to compete in the world. And again, as we age, to be able to compete with younger generations. So, you know, I'm here to tell you just be you, you know, you get to be you, not, oh man, I'm me and all of these different, you know, flaws that I have, you know, flaws don't mean that you don't, you know, you don't need to be respected. Flaws don't mean that you are not still perfect in your own right. I continue to say, you know, whatever you want to call it, God, Buddha, Krishna, universe, source, whatever it is, knew exactly what they were doing when they created you knew exactly what they were doing. And it's not up to you to second guess the fabulous work that they did because you are whole and complete just the way you are. You know, you are perfect just the way you are and you get to be you. You lucky dog, you get to be you. Now, what you do with you is up to you. You know, and another piece that's really important for me is your education. Where are you getting your news from? Where are you getting your education from? How are you up leveling? Who are you listening to? Who are you buying into? when they speak to you? Or is there another way of looking at things? Uh, where are the other possibilities? Education, education, education. Christian, there's not a day or a week that doesn't go by that I'm not on another class, another course, another mastermind, you know, and just trying and, and just, you know, putting myself out there um, to make sure that I'm ahead of the curve, I'm learning what I need to learn. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, feeling as though I am, you know, I'm a better person. I will be a better person tomorrow than I am today. Another piece that's really important, Christian, is, you know, again, we talked about the natal tribe, but as you move forward, you get to create now a whole new support group, right? You get to create that handful of people, you know, as you've heard many times, people are either there for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Well, for those lifetime people, you might only have a handful for life, but those are the people that you can always count on. Another piece that I absolutely love to talk about is loyalty is when you have somebody's back behind their back. Those are the kinds of friendships that you want to have in your life, and then you want to reciprocate by doing much the same. So be careful with your words, uh, because you know the way you are projecting yourself 
and talking about others is a direct reflection on how you feel about yourself. Yeah, and, and you said a lot there and so much to unpack, but it's such valuable information. I, w- I wish I could just footstop everything you just mentioned. What I found very interesting as well, you know, with working with, you know, just clients and people in general, just talking to a lot of people, when they struggle with self-esteem and self-image issues, mm-hmm. it's sad because then you're not able to really live your life, the most optimal lifestyle that you have, because you're not really being authentic with yourself, right? Which is integrous, right? Integrity is living holistic with yourself. Now, what I also found is for people that are trans, doing that transformation, right? Sometimes you have to leave those people that haven't worked on themselves. Because if you come back and say, hey, you know, I don't care what people say, you know, and, and they're getting like, they, they, st- they start taking ownership and being authentic with themselves. But you're, you're, you're working with people or you're you're surrounded by people that haven't started working on themselves, what I've found is that it comes with a judgmental instead of grace, right? And then what happens is then you feel guilty for being able to work on yourself and producing and having a good self-image and 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 being okay with your body and, and your 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 imperfection, right? Um I'm just curious with some of the people that you saw in that industry, right? Um, were you able to help them or assist them in kind of like having the right perspective in regards to their, maybe their body and their, their, the right yeah. mindset and those limiting beliefs? Well, it's funny you should say that. I, you know, again, far am I from perfect, but one of the main things that I did, even as a young girl, was um, I, I think I've always in some way, shape or form, kind of want, lived in service in the sense that, you know, when I go out onto the recess, you know, uh, at recess with the rest of the kids, I, I really didn't have that much in common with a lot of them, but what I did do was, was you know, I'd go over and play with the underdog. I'd go over and, and, and pay attention to the one that was being bullied, um, and that was where I spent my time. Uh, after uh, a couple of years, I decided what I was going to do was not even go out to recess, and I would go up to the kindergarten. Now, I'm talking I was 8, 9, 10, and I would go up to the kindergarten class and help the teacher either grade papers or read to the class as a, you know, as a young child because I, I was a little bit more, if you will, motherly. Um, I was, you know, a caretaker, um, and it's just kind of, you know, my makeup and the way I was born. So I really felt, I really felt like I was doing, like I was really somebody because I was reading, you know, eight years, nine years, 10 years old. I felt really good about the fact that I was impacting, I think, these kids in a really impactful way. And it made me feel so much better than going out and, you know, and throwing a dodgeball around, you know, the the, uh, the class with, with, the, with the rest of the kids. Um, with this in the same in the same vein I did I've always wanted to um, leave someone with a kind word and by the way again imperfect am I yes I've had my five get my five minutes and I go off and I'll you know I'll ah, life is life but usually what I will do is I always will have a good morning for someone if I'm out on my walk or I'll always you know you always hold the elevator door open or you help the lady down with the carriage within the bit you know with the, on the stairs with the baby all the kindness stuff that I think is really kind of falling by the wayside so I think that you know back in the day certainly um, if the conversations were you know hey you know you really look great today how are you doing you know, yeah, I know that's life, but hang in there because, you know, you can, one of the main things is always you can do it. Another thing that we talk about, and this is, is ties into, you know, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough. I'm enough, you're enough, we're enough, everybody's enough. Well, you know, enough is just, you know, if you look it up, is as much as is required. Enough is as much as is required. Now, I don't know about you, Christian, but I know I'm a lot more than as is required. And so I often, you know, I'll stop it and say, but, uh, you are so much more than is required, you know. And so I have been kind of a rah-rah session and a cheerleader. Um, I think in some way, shape or form, I was never a cheerleader in school because I wasn't a, I wasn't in the clique. But I always have wanted to leave someone with a, with a kinder word. And I, I, I know what it feels like to be depressed. I know what it feels like to, to feel icky and yucky and, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, life is against me and oh, what was me? I've been down that path and it doesn't feel good. And I, I want everybody to be able to be, you know, to know that there's another way. And I really believe that the book that I have, that I have written, apart from the fact that it's in Barnes and Noble, which is really kind of cool, and I'm doing the book tour, which is really super cool, um, is that, you know, um, there's something to this whole self-esteem thing. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a whatever. You know, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Invariably, whether it's a, a, a daily de- uh, you know, deal or maybe if you're really, really good, it might be a weekly deal. I have daily demons and they come and they just 
get in my ear. Boy, are they, they're just, they come every damn day and they got something to say. Well, I don't have time for that anymore. I don't have time. So I invite, I said, thank you for your opinion. Really appreciate it. Now get the hell out of here because I got better things to do than listen to you. And that's people say, oh, what do you do to, you know, reverse? Well, you don't, you, you start to catch yourself saying these things, doing these things, looking at them. We do mirror work also. Louise Hay started mirror work as far as I know. And then Jack Canfield did some mirror work in a lot of his, in a lot of his teachings. And I adopted it also in my book. I mean, it's the funniest thing to stand in front of a mirror Christian and go, I love you. You're the greatest. You're fantastic. You can do anything. And you're talking to yourself. And I'll tell you that it's the damnedest thing when you'd say it to yourself. You know, it's nice when everybody else says it. And if you are, if you are living in self-esteem, you're going to say thank you. You're going to say, well, thank you. You're not going to say, oh, this old thing, I've had this for a hundred years. And it may no, you're going to say, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Accept gracefully a compliment, right? But when you're saying it to yourself, <laughs> whoa, does stuff come up? It's it's and I have, you know, a lot of the affirmations here in the book that you can either adopt or that you can, you know, use your own. But when you start doing that work every day, it's it's life-changing, truly life-changing. Well, I love what you said there specifically because, see, a lot of people think as you start becoming more, quote-unquote, successful right, in life, that those, those, those demons, right, those weekly demons, they disappear. But in fact, they yeah. do not. It's just that you catch them and you have a system to make sure you eliminate them from your process. And that's what this book is basically doing. And that's what I think is really cool because you have to have that right perspective and say, hey, that will always be there. But now you have a system and a process and, and really a strategy to attack it and destroy it and eliminate, which is really uh, lovely as well. And then also kind of talking a little bit about like, you know, kind of the, the self-image uh, and self-esteem, okay, coming coming back to that image uh, strategy. Yeah. What I found when I'm talking to a person, so like I've got a friend of mine that, you know, they, they deal with anxiety, uh, deep-rooted anxiety and so forth. And what, what I found very interesting is I asked him, the, um, you know, a few months back and I said, do you identify as an anxious person? Is that your identity? Because then what happens is you'll never, never conquer anxiety because you are self-rooted in that anxiety, right? You, you're, that's your identity. And so you have to remove yourself and say, I struggle with anxiety, but I am not. And that's the same thing with, I think, uh, is, is very interesting. I think a lot of like the concepts of, you know, I am a um, alcoholic, right? I don't think people need to be saying that because yes, I struggle with alcoholism, but I do not identify that as anymore. I conquered that yeah. and you move on. So I'd love to kind of talk a little bit more about that. I totally agree with that. that is a really great point. Uh, I believe in saying, you know, I was once an alcoholic, um, uh, you know, and I, I think if you have to continually implant, I'm an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic, and you hadn't had a drink in 30 years. I don't understand, you know, kind of what that does. Look, there might be people that know much better than I do, but I would, I would think that that would be counterproductive as well. So yeah, absolutely. I identify as anxious, as anxious. I don't think so. Here's what I do think. I think that life ebbs and flows. People say, oh, do you, you know, do you ever get to be 100% self-esteem and then you never have to worry about it anymore? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. And why? Because, you know, you still have your triggers, you're going to have them, you work on them, but you may have new triggers, or, you know, you may be still working on the old ones. I mean, some of the triggers that we have are very deep rooted, and it will take a while to work on them. I told you before, this is a great read, but you're going to do the work and the work isn't always going to be easy. Um, and and I, I really, again, I really invite you to plow through. Don't stop when it starts to feel uncomfortable. Don't when it starts to feel uncomfortable, that's when you're gone. You know, people say, oh, I'm so afraid I'm going to fail. Well, fail means first attempt in learning. That's all it means. And I say this frequently, and, you know, I guarantee you that, you know, Ford didn't come off the, you know, the assembly line with the first perfect, perfect car the first time, and nor did Einstein with the light bulb the first time. I mean, there were many failures before, ding, they got it right, and the light bulb went off, right? See what I did there? Uh, but... <laughs> But, uh, oh God, I've lost my track now. What were we talking about? Um, yeah, so, you know, ad identifying as anxious, yeah, no. You're going to have anxious moments in life. It's just kind of life. It's the way it is. Um, uh, but I say, to, you know, really in the book, we talk about standing very strong in our stead. In other words, having really strong roots. And that's where, what self-esteem will do for you. You will get really strong roots so that when the tempest comes through, the hurricane comes through, the tornado comes through, whatever that is, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel. And I, I always invite you to feel. But will, what you will not do is fall. 
And that is the most important lesson of all. So yeah, you were going to have anxious moments. Absolutely. Some have it more, some have it less. Some never experience that at all. Depression, same thing. You know, some have it less, some have it more, some never have it at all. But the more you are doing this kind of work on yourself, really feeling good about yourself, and I have the four pillars which are look good, feel good, be good, and good. Look good, we know what that means. You look in the mirror and you're kind of feeling, you're feeling good. That's that's your hot spot. And you can look and go, I'm feeling good about feel uh feel good. Diet, exercise, nutrition. All works as one. So make sure you're on track and we talk about that in the book. Be good. Everything else, your finances, your you know, your work, uh, business, leadership, uh, all the other things that life is comprised of. And then greater good. What's greater good? That's giving back, tithing, paying it forward, volunteering, holding the door open, helping the lady down with the carriage from this on the stairs. All the little kindness things or the big kindness things, whatever you can do, uh, are you know, that's the quickest way I think, Christian, to feel really good about yourself right away is doing something good for someone else. So in answer to your question, you can identify it as whatever you want, but I will guarantee you that the identification that you are creating will morph uh, as you grow. So if you want to stay stuck in a place, then identify as something. But if you want to, you know, if you want to continue to grow into your greater good, into your best self, uh, then I'm going to invite you to not stay fossilized too long in any one place unless you feel, you know, I mean, look, I can look in the mirror today and feel really great. I can lose 10 pounds in a month and feel maybe, you know, a little bit better. I can get a haircut, which I did recently. It was a little too short and went, yeah. God dang her. She, she took two inches off more than she should. Now I feel like a soccer mom, damn it. Okay, it grows. I'm waiting for it to come back, you know? So... You know, again, the little things, I, look, I know I'm being silly, but it's sometimes it's even those little things that go, shoot, you know, I feel, I don't feel as good with my, uh, anyway, you get what I'm trying to say. Life will constantly, they're going to throw things at you, it ebbs and flows, it comes and goes, good stuff happens, less good stuff happens, but you have to be your best self, your strongest self, and stand strong in your stead so that no matter what, when these daily demons, you know, are coming in again, they don't even get that close anymore. They, they don't get here. You know, they kind of get here and then you're just like, done. Sorry, better things to do. I love it. I love it. And and because I, I found this very interesting because I, I like to talk, you, you mentioned this, which is very powerful. And I definitely see this even in my my, my nieces and nephews and, and individuals, social media, right? Social media is, whether it's TikTok, whether it's whatever, you know, we, we start getting our identity from social media and we start, you know, projecting, you know, oh, this person has a better lifestyle. I mean, all that other shenanigans. So, so we all know there's been done a lot of research. We all know that is there right and so my thing is is how do you put in the right boundaries like i'm not saying totally get off of social media because people use it for yeah, business yeah. for Never structure have. whatever but how do you you know we have to be you know uh, realistic right in our expectation but how do you put in the right boundaries to make sure that you have the right perspective in, in regards to leveraging well, social media to do again is what is right for you and that is you know i create a vision board i love vision boards i got my vision boards one is a spiritual vision board the other one is a physical vision board so i know that on that vision board there are certain things that i attain to a couple of years ago i'm going to go back 10 years ago i said i want to be in barnes and noble i definitely want to be in barnes and noble well i was the beauty editor for a magazine that was in barnes and noble so i had gotten there but i hadn't been specific enough with the universe then it was God, I want to be on Oprah. I really want to be on Oprah. I got to be on Oprah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily on Oprah, but I was on Oprah and Friends radio show. All right, I got close enough. Maybe I hadn't been specific enough. I'm so, what I'm saying is you have to create, you know, first of all, you, you, you must create a value system. You have to know where you are going to draw a line in the sand. And I'll tell you, from the day that you decide that you are not going to lie, cheat, steal, you are not going to, whatever it is, all the, you know, the other stuff, you're not going to uh, compromise on your values. That is already one of the greatest self-esteem boosts you will ever see. And the minute that you get, um, that you get tempted to step even a little bit outside of that, Mm, take a really good strong look at that. Is it really for your greatest good in the long run, right? So that's really, really important. Um, so for me, vision boards have been, you know, again, value systems, vision boards, um, and making sure that, you know, 
that what you really want in life is what you know that you look by the way it's hard work you know it, you're going to work you want that you know those things on your vision board you're going to have to work for it very little is going to be given to you you know and i think that that's another concept a lot of people may not understand you know yeah there are a lot of millionaires being made on the internet and, and quickly and, and that's all great but they're still working it's not like they're not doing anything um you know it doesn't come by you know magic uh, you know a magic wand uh, with that having been said, where was I going with this? I love talking about this. I get so passionate um, that you have to be real. You know, again, remember that a lot of what you're seeing on social media is he rented the Lamborghini for the photo shoot. You know, a lot of these, you know, uh, Airbnbs, you know, you can rent them for the weekend, take a crap load of pictures and boom, now you're a gajillionaire. No, I'm not saying they all do it, but I know that some of them that do. And so be really, really mindful as to what is real. We talked already about all the filters that are being used. And, you know, there, it's like right. It's like now that we know that all the different filters that are there are being used. It's like really like, you know, we we know the filter. Hun, we know. <laughs> like, if that's the way you want to present, great. But we all know now that there's a different reality. So to be really careful, be really mindful about, you know, is the grass always greener? I say the grass may be a little greener, but you never know how much <clears throat> manure has been thrown in their direction. You know, how much manure they have to go through. Uh, you never know, uh, you know, never until you walk a mile in someone else's shoes is the point. You never really know what the truth is. Live in your truth. And that will, that is the greatest self-esteem, one of the greatest self-esteem messages I can leave you with. Definitely. And so I find this very interesting because he, you know, you're, you're mentioning some really good, valuable information. And again, coming back to social media because of you know, we got to be realistic. People are going to be on social media naturally, uh, but having the right boundaries in place. Uh, and I always like to look at it like there's two brains. There's the emotional brain and there's the logical brain. And what's interesting is that it's almost like people just totally forget about the logical brain. And it's all about emotion. Definitely when they're scrolling through, you know, all sorts of shenanigans and it's just all emotion. I'm not good. I'm not whatever, blah, blah, blah. And this. that's like you said, those that negative self-talk. Right. Um, and, and what I find very interesting is there's some limiting beliefs that we all have that we're not even aware of until someone uh, externally, like a coach or a consultant or someone, is able to come look yeah. at your life and say, hey, did you know that you even believe this? You keep saying this this, this phrase or whatever. Um, I'm curious with you, Clarissa, were there any limiting beliefs? And I would imagine there were. I guess my better question is, what were those limiting beliefs that you had to overcome throughout your life and transformation to yeah. obviously be able to really write this book now and have a resource and, yeah. and be able to impact the people that you are? Yeah, I always became undone around women that were educated in university and college. Undone. Now, my path took a whole nother course. And believe me when I tell you, I have to, you know, I, I, I can say this. Uh, and I will say this, I was very, very successful at what I did. Extremely successful. Truly the 1%. Okay. But every time I got around a, a, you know, a table of women or in a room with women that were educated at you know, Ivy League schools, I became undone. Because I immediately assumed that I could never be as smart as they were. And then I realized one day that book smarts and smarts don't necessarily walk hand in hand. <laughs> I mean, they can, but they don't always necessarily have to. Uh, I think that I am, I am, I'm okay. I'm doing fine. You know, I think I'm okay. You know, I don't want to say I'm, you know, I'm a road scholar, but I will say I think I'm well enough read. I think I could talk about many different things. And I, I told you in the beginning, let's not talk about rocket science because I might not be able to go down that path. But I think I can hold my own with many other things. So, you know, I had to get over the fact that having a, a, a laureate hanging on the wall in my office was, for me, uh, was, was something that would have been lovely. It wasn't the path I went down. But I have a many, many other things that I was able to do, i.e., you know, meetings with the Pope, private audiences, and then being the first, you know, American to present at the Kremlin on live television, by the way, or, you know, having, helping African women win the Nobel Peace Prize in 2010. There are many, 2011, there are many things that I was able to do that I'm very proud of that didn't necessarily mean sitting in a classroom for eight, for eight years. I was able to go out and experience the world, and that's just fine with me. So what was that process look like? Did that take a while for you to come to grips with that? And, and how did you kind of walk through that? Was that just yourself reading yeah. books or was it through, you know, some sort of counselor or something? 
No, there was no, there was never any counseling. I've never had mentors or counseling or classes or coaches in that sense. Um, but I was able to, you know, just kind of life will teach you as you go and you go, wow, did I really, did I really just say that? I really said that, <laughs> you know, and it made sense and people's ears perked up and they, they all, you know, I, I, I'm going to go with, apart from the fact that, you know, I was, uh, it did come out of my mouth. Therefore I, I must you know, these, this, is, this is how I deduced, right? So therefore I must be intelligent, but that it was also ex well accepted by others. And so there must be, uh, I assume there must be something to that. Now, I don't live and nor should anyone live for uh, the um, admiration or uh, uh, the acceptance of others. That's not what healthy self-esteem is about. But um, it never hurts. It's, it's kind of nice when somebody says, you know, you're pretty damn smart cookie. Well, thanks. You know, I do my best. There's some things I know more about and some I know less about, but you know, you, you, you always accept a compliment graciously. That's one of the things I think that is also important. It, it just, it just plays better. It gives, it, it gives you, you know, you, uh, your self-confidence, uh, being able to show others what self-confidence is and what it means when you walk into a room and say, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's really kind of you. Kind of you to say. Mm -hmm. Definitely, and and I find, and you would you said something here, and I want to I want to make sure I foot stop this and explain this. What is a good healthy self esteem? Because I think that you're you're right on that. There's different types, and sometimes people may not be aware of of a good self esteem and self esteem that you think you have, but you're still getting validation from A, B, C, or something. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, you want to make sure that you, uh, as you're going out there, that you know that you are deserving. Don't care what they told you in the past, and I'm not here to even discuss with you for the moment what you think you deserve. I'm here to tell you you do deserve, and you deserve to live without in a life without shame or guilt. Don't care what anybody else told you. Get rid of it now. It's not serving you. It's not making you the better person. It's not moving you forward. I will tell you another thing. Fear is the one thing, or two, as we know, you know, we told many times that two emotions are fear and love. <clears throat> everything, everything else falls underneath of those. Fear is going to, it, it held me back many different times. I'm fearless now. I don't, I don't work in that space or place anymore. It's not a position or a condition I care to deal with. And I invite you not to do the same. You're going to also, you deserve to live in a peaceful home. I will tell you that I am a uh, national spokesperson for something called domesticshelters.org. And it's 3,000 shelters all over the United States and Canada for women, about 3,300 now, uh, for women and children that are in, and some men, but not mostly it's women and children that are in uh, abusive situations. So you deserve to live in a peaceful home. So if you are not living in a peaceful home and you do have the possibility of getting up, moving on, and never looking back, I really, really invite you to do that. You deserve to be loved. That's a huge one, Christian. And I'm going to say that one more time and just let it sink in. You deserve to be loved. It's huge. And it means so many different things for so many different people. Uh, because we all know from, from, you know from whence we came, right? Where, what were we taught? You deserve to be respected. So when you start to understand that as a birthright, you have, you deserve that you are more than enough. You are not enough. You are more than enough. Yeah. That's where I really want you to start to resonate within that space. I, again, will tell you, go out and learn a skill. Make sure that you are constantly leveling up with, with your education. It's that big of a deal because this is another, the more you know, the more confident you feel, the more you feel productive, the more confident you feel, the kinder you are, the more confident you feel, the more you work on your look good, feel good, be good, and greater good. God, you're going to start to feel really great. Get, again, get really clear on your values, change those limiting beliefs. And people say, oh, get out of your comfort zone, comfort zone, comfort. That's what I said before. Some of this work in this book is not going to be easy. And it's gonna, it's kind of, someone's gonna feel, man, if you don't work through the yuck, you know, you're not, you're not gonna get unstuck. I just made that up for your show, by the way. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love it. I, I love it. I made that up. It just came, it just flowed. It just kind of flowed just like that. I made that up for your show. Special <laughs> for you. Uh, and here's another one that I always struggle with. Uh, and every once in a while, to be really honest, it kind of, can still get my goose and gander. And that is what others think of you is none of your business. 
that's a tougher one. You know, for me, sometimes it's, well, I wonder what, did I do something? Did I say something? Was it me? And most of the time, it's not about you. It's about something that's lacking in them. So how you feel about me is none of my business. I really, I'm bringing the best me. And if that, if that, you know, puts you in an uncomfortable place, well, I would offer it up that maybe you need to, maybe you need, not because, you know, I'm perfect, but maybe you need to strengthen, you know, your, your, uh, some of your limiting self-beliefs. Again, draw a line in the sand. That's a big one. And I think you're, because there's, there's a huge validity to this point, which you just said, because as you go through life and you start growing and producing and developing there, like I was mentioning, there are going to be individuals that will try to hold you back, right? That whole concept, we get that. And just being aware of that. But also what I found very interesting in, in life is that you have, you have some individuals that believe in you. And will say good things, but on the back end, they will say negative things uh, to to your your uh, to your to your peers or to other individuals and things like that. And really, how to battle that in your own mind and making sure that you have the right people, but also be be quick with you know cutting those relationships. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. That's what I said to you before: is loyalty is having my back behind my mm -hmm. back. Loyalty yeah. is when I have your back behind your back. And those are those five I told you for a lifetime, right? Because, because most people are not going to step up to the integrity plate. And, you know, my two biggest words on my value system are integrity and honesty. They just, they, they're hand in hand. Um, it doesn't mean I don't slip every once in a while because life is life and people will piss me off. And, you know, I may have, but I really try to, oh, oh, no, don't want to go down that path. You know, again, this is where you catch yourself um, because you know that that's not who you want to be. That's not how you want to be with others either. You know, I, I run a mastermind. I don't want anyone in that mastermind to ever think that I would talk about it, another one behind their back. Um, and there are things that come up, you know, there are some things that come up with the mastermind, but, you know, uh, there was one gal was coming to the mastermind and she wasn't paying attention and she was sleeping during the mastermind. People were just having an all around difficult time with this girl. She was posting in her broad social media. Okay, whatever. And so they kept calling me and saying, you know, this isn't right. And we, you know, she's not living the code of ethics. And, blah, blah, blah. and I said, okay, girls, what do you want me to do? Because we're talking about, you know, we're going through my book. We're talking about self-esteem. And of all of us, she may be the one that needs it the most. So if I were to call her and say, don't come back, you're not welcome here, what would I do to her? Wow. Wow. So I had to take the stand, at, at walk the walk and talk the talk about not only leading a group of people, but being, you know, living in my, in, in, in my integrity uh, with someone else that was in my mastermind and was working through the self-esteem regime. And out of all the lessons, that was probably the biggest lesson that people could have taken away. I just love that. How, you know, that was even in the, in, the, in the plan of things to talk about, but here was a perfect example in life. And he said, Hey, you know what? This person struggles with it the most uh, and they need it the most. And that's the reason why we're here. Um, that's, that's very powerful. Yeah, so let's open our hearts a little bit. And, you know, um, she's not showing to the mastermind in a bra, so <laughs> that's okay. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with it. And certainly I, you know, I want, right. I want, I want classy women in my, my group, but if someone, you know, who am I to set, I mean, who am I to judge? Right. I can only impart the information that I feel is going to help them best. And that's why I wrote this book, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, see, and, and. Regarding that, because I mean, we've all heard the quote, you know, hurting people hurt people, right? That whole concept. Hurt people. Uh, like, hurt people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and what I found very interesting with that is that as you go through life, you know, and, and you succeed in producing, create and stuff like that, um, you know, when someone says negative, something negative, like you were just saying about yourself, it's like you have to build context around that person. Well, I feel bad or, you know, my heart goes out to that person because they are struggling with ABC, right? Uh, and and that helps you bring a little bit less emotion or get like offended by their reaction, but it's more of now it's more empathy in regard to that. Uh, and did you have to work on that, or are you still working on that? Uh, because obviously, I think in today's world, people get offended. But the reality, when when I say something or, or or someone else says something, you shouldn't be getting offended. If you're getting offended, you have to ask yourself why are you? Because there's something deep down inside that you're you have to work on. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's always something deep down inside you're going to have to work on. And that's just one of the realities of life. As you go through uh, life, as you age, you know, they, that, why do they call older people sages, right? Because they've been through pretty much everything life can, you know, can throw at them. And in some way, shape or form, they're still, you know, they're still, uh, they're still standing. Uh, and that's because they've, they've gone through the process. I invite you to go through a process that is a process that is powerful, that is uplifting, that is up leveling, that is, uh, uh, that is challenging you, that is making you feel productive, that is making you feel really good about yourself. A lot of people get to, you know, uh, later years in life and they're not living. You know, they've been beaten, battered and bruised by life. And so they decided that's just what life threw at them. And oh, well, I've been beaten, battered and bruised too, Christian. I'm sure you have too. We all have. And so we just have to take from those experiences the, you know, what was the message? What did I learn? What will I do next? And what will I sure as heck not do again? Definitely. And, you know, like you were saying, you have to build the right toolbox, right? So when you are in these situations throughout life, right, life will handle. Now you have, you know, Clarissa's book, right? Your book to be able to say, hey, you know what? I battle this with with these different strategies. Uh, and like you said, these resources. Uh, so where, um, Clarissa, first of all, a fantastic interview. I just love having this conversation and talking about this. This is so detrimental. I mean, we could easily talk two, three hours with this. Um, however, though, how can they reach out to you? How can they engage with some of your content, follow your your content, uh, be part of what you're doing as well as get uh, get access to that book? Yeah, you can find me anywhere on social with the exception of Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat. I don't even know how it works, but I'm on every every other place you can go. You know, you'll find me at Clarissa Bird. Facebook is Clarissa Bird Official. Uh, the book is in Barnes and Noble. It's definitely on Amazon, and uh, that's where you can get it. And it is an action plan for becoming the confident person you were meant to be. Uh, get ready to um, to you know get, buckle in, buckle buck, buckle in. <laughs> you're going you're going you're to go through it, and you're going to get through it, and you are going to be a better person for it. So I really do invite you to read the book. Awesome. This is fantastic, guys. Those links will actually be in the description below. Make sure you just click on that. Make sure, maybe not even yourself, right? Maybe you 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 want it, but also think about your niece, your nephew, individuals that are struggling with this at a very young age and, and share this. You need to get this, you know, just the same thing as like Dave Ramsey is to finance, Clarissa is to self-esteem. And I think that's the same concept that we need to be, we need to be on the forefront of this, definitely with our young kids and, and our, you know, well, the suicide uh, this, this rates are off the charts. Right. The suicide rates are off the charts. And, uh, right. and, and I think it's, again, you know, if we can really ground these kids at a earlier age uh, in, you know, good, happy, healthy self-esteem uh, and so they don't have to worry about their peers and they don't have to worry about all the rest of this stuff. And, you know, again, there are so many, there's so much good messaging out there. We need to be, you know, pointing them toward that and making sure that we start at home is the most important thing. So. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yes. And it's so sad to be in this situation. But you know, what's so beautiful is even in these negative situations, there are opportunities and opportunities like this where we can talk about this. And so let me ask you before we let you go, Clarissa, is there any last words that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, you know, I like to say you're only as beautiful as your last good deed. And, uh, you know, no matter how you, you, you know, you perceive yourself physically, you know, remember that, you know, the beauty and the, and the good deeds that you do is always going to speak volumes. It's always going to be, you know, it's something that's going to uh, precede you. Your reputation is one of the most important things that you will ever build. And your word is the most important thing apart from your heart. Your word is the most important thing you'll ever give to someone. Powerful, powerful. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Clarissa Burt. Make sure you reach out to, make sure you follow some of her content, guys. And uh, this is Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. I'm your host, Christian D. Evans. And remember, be uncommon.